0: Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who who wants you to know you deserve a good night's sleep. That's one of the reasons I make the show is you deserve a bedtime you could look forward to, a bedtime you don't dread. Uh, Another reason I make the show and, and tons of other people listening right now, uh, we know what it feels like in the deep dark night. We might not know exactly what you're going through, but we can relate. And in, in this podcast, it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't barely work for anybody on the first try. Give it a few tries. See how it goes. But it's time for the podcast that's recorded on an SD card. And I would hope SD stands for Sleepy Delight. Uh, but it, <laughs> I think it stands... I don't even know what it stands for. To be, holy cow. First time... T- today I learned I have no idea what SD card stands for. Small disc... Soon one of you will be letting me know And I appreciate it Because it's time for Sleep With Me The podcast that puts you to sleep And thanks for making it possible My patron peeps Uh, Hey, are you up all night Tossing, turning, mind racing Trouble, getting to sleep Trouble, staying asleep Well, welcome Uh, This is Sleep With Me The podcast that puts you to sleep We do it's a bedtime story All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. Uh, What we're going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. It could be thoughts that you're thinking about, things on your mind. So thoughts, you know, thinking thoughts. I don't know, confused thoughts. uh, Thoughts about the past, present, future. I don't know, like a... I don't want, I, I hate you, the word fan, fantasy gets you, misused so much, but so many of my, my thoughts are um, of a future that is unreal, like of like painting a picture, not always. I see. how come I can't paint a picture like that during the day, but I lie my head down and it's painting a picture, oh boy. And sometimes that picture's unrealistically good, and sometimes it's the other end. But unreal Pictures of unreality, uh, stuff I think, stuff is, that, that seems real, that's, uh, I don't know, but that's something that's, oh, so thoughts, it could be feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally about those thoughts or that are just there. And I'll be honest, <laughs> just keeping rolling with that, uh, when I do take the time to, to, to be kind of like a loving presence, I say, like I said, from Ruth King, I see a dear one, don't be afraid, I'm here to help, uh. Tell me, or where where are the thoughts coming from, or whatever? I, I do see them a lot of times. They come from feelings or senses, like a sense of uh, lack, as I talk about sometimes on the uh, in other places or on the podcast. And they say, "Okay, okay," and I can actually have some compassion and empathy. I don't know if that's super useful because at bedtime, <laughs> that is an, that's during the day that happens. Bedtime's a little bit tougher. That's why I'm here. So it could be thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, uh, changes in time, temperature, uh, routine, somebody visiting, you're going somewhere, you got something coming up, uh, you got something going on, whatever it is. I'm here to help to keep you company, and that's kind of the thing. When you're, you know, you're, when you're tired, like during the day, I can kind of be more empathetic and compassionate sometimes and see that choice. But, you know, they say when you're hungry, uh, you know, irritated, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Like uh, tired is the last one. But whatever it is, like, uh, I don't know, there's like another one. But whatever, like if you're tired, it's a little bit harder to resist those thoughts. And they can be feel irresistible at bedtime and, and loop us in. So that's what I'm here to do is to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff so that you can fall asleep, because your sleep is important. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can rest. And I hope I can be a part of that for you, and I'll talk more about that. But what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night here. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky are my tones, like a door opening... To a sleepy room, but, you know, you say, that's an older door. I know it'll be good for dampening sound later. That's great uh, once it's closed. So creaky dulcetones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Uh, those, you've already seen a few of those. It's where I go off topic. I get mixed up. I backtrack. Then I say, wait a second. And then I say, wait, well, I forgot what I was going to say. That kind of stuff. Uh, those are pointless meanders. Super and superfluous tangents when I say, Oh, let's go on and on and on about that. So, those are a couple ways I do it. Now, if you're new, a few things to know very important stuff. Most people arrive at this podcast doubtful, skeptical, ambivalent, or just even more. You say, What is this? Somebody told me about this. It doesn't, it's not going how I expected. I'm tired. And I've tried a bunch of stuff. And that's how most listeners get here because, of course, you're tired. Of course, you're skeptical if you've tried a lot of different stuff. And, of course, you're even more skeptical because, I mean, what do you mean you care about me in my sleep? Or what is this? Or, and I said, don't worry, I'm going to try to explain it to you because I'm here to earn your trust, uh, to be your boyfriend. So you can, you know, lie down and and, and, and get comfortable and drift off or listen to me barely. So if you're feeling any of those feelings, those are normal ways to get here. The show does take two or three tries to get used to. And when I say get used to it, it's like uh, it's like going from a relationship where you're unsure to being like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm now, I'm comfortable just being myself. Uh, uh, like uh, after two or three tries, you say, oh, I don't need to listen to this podcast. I just barely pay attention. Oh, listening's kind of passive. So just see how it goes. If you already know the show is not for you, I got a ton of great stuff, uh, other sleep podcasts, other sleepy stuff listed at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you that you could always check out. Uh, That's uh, like tons of cool podcasts and stuff like that that you could fall asleep to. Because like I said, your sleep's important. You're important. That's why I make the show, because the world will be a better place. If your world's a better place, if it's more manageable... And I also know how it feels in the deep, dark night. That's why I make the show. Trouble getting to sleep. You know, I have all that stuff. Uh, what else do you need to know? Oh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. I kind of talked about that. You just kind of barely pay attention. It's uh, like a TV on in the other room or a party going on down the street, but far enough down the street that you don't mind. You can just barely hear it. Uh and it's a party you don't want to be at. So you're like, huh, sounds like a nice party, just far enough off. Uh, and that doesn't really very, very often happen. But when it's happened, you remember it, right? If you Or, yeah, you say, okay. So there's that. Uh, oh, so you don't really listen to me. I also am not here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff while you drift off. You, if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here to the very end for you to keep you company. That is my job, whether you're awake or asleep. Listening to this show is optional, but when you need to listen, you can because I'll be here just barely making sense. So tonight we'll have, we're going to do a spelling, not a spelling B but a sleep with me version of a spelling bee I guess where we just spell words and uh, I guess I, I guess I pontificate I don't know how to spell that either so that's uh what I, oh so yeah you don't really listen to me I'm not really here to put you to sleep yeah, I'm here to be your boyfriend your boar bay your boar sib your boar cuz your boar bestie your boar burr, your neighbor your boyfriend in the deep dark night to keep you company or whatever you're comfortable with you know, I could be across town, even calling you, or, you know, I could be acro- across the world, sending something like across short waves. I mean, because I'm short a few waves, you know, uh, a couple of my waves are too long and a couple of them are short- too short, though I do find waving to be a powerful technique for introverts, uh, so, um... Yeah, so just kind of see how it goes. I'm here to keep you company, take your amount off stuff. The other thing that throws people off is the structure of the show. The show is designed in a very deliberate way. And as you become a regular listener, you can repurpose or kind of, uh, you know, redesign the show to suit your needs. But let me explain to you why we make the show the way we do. It starts off with a greeting. That's kind of the most important part. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something silly. So hopefully you feel seen and welcomed in, because when I talk about that lack, that's one of the things I feel. I say, oh, you know, that's uh, the the opposite of that. So I I really want to try to do that, uh, even though it's this digital thing, to say, oh, okay, I could go over there and check that out maybe. And that person's a little bit silly, so it's not going to be too serious So that's the greeting. Then there's support for the show because kind of similar to the greeting, I would like the show to come out for free twice a week uh, on any podcast platform uh, and then everybody works on the show gets compensated. So that's what the sponsors and the listener support do for the show, make it sustainable to come out for free. So that's important to me. Uh, and so that's the sponsors and the support stuff. Then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time right now and support for communities around the show. Again, that's what makes the show sustainable is staying engaged with everybody involved. Uh, and, uh. Yeah, So that's that part. Then there's an intro. Now, if some people like that don't like the the support stuff, they project it onto the intro or assume that the whole intro is about supporting the show. No, the intro is a show within a show, lasts about 12 to 20 minutes, comes after the support stuff, which is what we're in now. And the whole goal of the uh, intro is it's a familiar friend. So if you're a regular listener, you go, oh, Scoots is back. Uh, Who knows what he's going to talk about? Will it make any sense? Who knows? Uh, so there's that, and then there's, um, there's, and then there's, um, uh, oh, so, so that's for a regular listener, but for a new listener, it's introducing the podcast to you in a, in an inefficient way, of course, because that's kind of the style of the show. But for everyone, the intro is a chance to get ready for bed or to start your wind down routine. My wind down routine is about an hour. So I don't know if the intro is going to be a start of your wind-down routine or in the middle or at the end. But the, all the stuff I've ever read about sleep and practice that has worked is having a wind-down routine, having a buffer between your day, your evening, and falling asleep. I've, ne- I've rarely ever been able to just fall asleep. And when I do that, it's like you know in the middle of a presentation or something or I'm supposed to be listening And it's a warm room or whatever. Those are the only times I just fall asleep. Otherwise, I need a wind-down routine. I need a landing strip. And ideally, that's what the intro can do for you. Some listeners are in bed. Some listeners are asleep. We're so happy for them. (laughs) Uh, 2% of listeners start the show at 20 or 30 minutes. A few thousand people pay to just listen to story-only episodes. So uh, those are a couple different... um, Ways you use it, but at first you, you just listen because the intro. I don't know. There's also there's more people that listen to only intros than listen to story-only episodes. It's pretty close, so kind of just see how it goes and what's going to work for you. Uh, but that's the intro. Then there's support again between the intro and the show again because so the podcast can be sustainable and come out for free, versus only being on one platform or something like that or being a part of a company like a premium only. I want the show to come out twice a week for free. Uh, then there'll be our story tonight. It'll be some sort of, spe- don't worry if you have spelling, if you don't like spelling, don't worry because uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, don't worry. So the, there'll be a spelling, there'll be talking about words. So that's what we'll be doing And then there's thank yous at the end. So this is the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate your time. I couldn't do it without all of you. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad you're here. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, it's Scoots here. And... uh, I, uh, this is, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I can't believe we've never done an episode about this, but I can't remember ever doing an episode about this. And so this will be a little bit of a setup here. But, uh, so I just took Koa for a walk, well, about 45 minutes ago. And I was listening to the intro for what, what's scheduled to be episode 1071 Spice Friends 10. Will it be episode 1071? I don't know. But uh, I do know that I was listening, and, and it came up. I was talking about the word Booya bo- Base, uh, And I was listening to myself expound on pointless meanders around booyah Base uh, and the how hard it—like, how—that's not a sight—that's a sight word for me. No chance of me spelling it. Maybe you don't know this, and maybe I can normalize it for some people, but I have, uh, like, dyslexia and— Uh, It wasn't like it was something I always talked about, like uh, I never was tested for it as a child or even a young adult. And it wasn't until like uh, adulthood that uh, someone was practicing giving out tests uh, as part of their education or their graduate education. And they gave me a test and then I said, see, I I knew I was a, a dyslexic and like, uh, not a big deal, but it, it just means, uh, I don't know what it means. I thought I'd just share that for you. In case you've ever felt that way, and you could feel that way about something else, you say, well, a lot of times, yeah, uh, it gets, uh, uh, but for me, the dyslexia is just one of those things where it's like, oh, well, why can't you just do uh, like memorize how to spell it or something? I say, well, this, my brain just doesn't quite work that way. But what I do want to do is look, let's, so, oh, so the idea for the episode. So the idea for the episode was that uh I said I've, I've never done a sp- uh, episode based on the, the cons the archetypal concept of a spelling test. Now not uh don't worry if you have like if you're like me. I mean because I'm sure that like there's all sorts of people having experience with spelling tests, right? And uh I totally understand that. So um Uh, So I'm going to make this as sleepy as possible, and it won't really be about spelling. It'll be about pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. So what I'm going to do is grab my research, and then I'll be right back. So without further ado, I want to welcome you to the uh, Scoots uh, Scriptless Spelling Bay, uh, where uh, I'll be the only contestant, and I'll be, you know, there'll be silent uh, people, so... so, uh, It'll be structurally a bit like the spelling bees of fame, but oh boy. And it, I probably will also have to go on a tangent about where I'm getting my list of words from because that'll make it fun as well, hopefully. Uh, but this first word comes from the intro from Spice Friends 10, I think. Uh, booya base. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the word so I know the correct spelling. And I actually have the definition. It's a provincial fish stew uh, from France. And bouillabaisse is spelled B-O-U-I-L-L. Bouillabaisse. So bouille bouillabaisse. Is it bouillabaisse or bouillabaisse? Uh, B-A-B-I-A-A-B-A-I-S-S-E. Beautiful word. Beautiful spelling. I know, like, I don't eat, uh, I'm, I'm allergic to crustaceans, so I don't have a lot of booyah base, but I love saying booyah base, and booyah, booyah base has broth, uh, broth-based booyah base. Uh, if I created my own subgenre of EDM, it would be called booyah base, uh, bo- bo- broth, bo- bo- something like that. So now let's hop over to some of these words that are hard to spell. This is from dictionary.com. Uh, 33 hard words to spell. From This was our just uh, January nineteenth, 2022. And it's necessary. I start with the word necessary because it's spelled necessary. N-E-C-E-S-S-A-R-Y. And it's a double consonant, does not change how the word is pronounced. That's what makes it hard to spell, the two S's. Uh, this is where actually I'm at an advantage sometimes with necessary, because I know the length of the word because it's a sight word for me. So if I was missing the S, I, would, I might add two C's, but I could add two S's because I know it's necessary to be a longer word when it's a sight word, which just means I, I see the word as a picture or what you would call a picture that is the, the how it's spelled. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't even know if it's correct. This is just my experience in trying to translate something that's almost untranslatable in my mind. But I'm pretty sure when I see ne- necessary, I just see the whole word and I don't, it don't, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, It's the sum of its parts, but I don't necessarily see the parts, I guess. So when they have to break it into its component parts, that's when it gets interesting. And, you know, a lot of people say, you're taking a whole episode to make it about you? And I say, oh, boy, that's my middle name is making it about me. I know, and it's a bit narcissistic, right? Uh, N-A-R-C-I-S-S-I-S-T-I-C, narcissistic which is similar to necessary. I guess it's got that double S uh, and C and S is narcissistic. Uh, and I guess it comes from a Greek, uh, but yeah, narcissistic, uh, you know, I, I do have, I, I'm familiar with narcissists and narcissists, uh which they just had the tick in there. And you know, there's rarely an occasion where I don't. I, I mean, it's just part of uh, who I am. You know, I I, uh, I guess I have the, the uh, maybe the shadow side of narcissism, where I tend to make it more about me negatively a lot of times. But it also, it's about what, like I've learned from the podcast, it's like about the occasions that we could relate to with one another, like the occasions we find find ourselves strolling in the deep dark night trying to spell. Occasion. O C C A S I O N. This features a C and an S. So they're not making the same S sound, uh, but it's a hard C, like a K, that can make it hard with a double C. Uh, so that's occasion. You know what I finally learned is that, it may, like, but I never did it at my one of my jobs was to ask to be accommodated or for, like, I say, hey, can you accommodate me? Uh, with what I'm going on, because like as my job changed, my last day job, like I was supposed to make some presentations and some reports, uh, but I was always uh, deaccommodating me because I didn't want to ask, you know, for help. That's A-C-C-O-M-M-O-D-A-T-E. date O D A T E, so that uses a double C and a double M. But it's the vowels, according to this, that are t- tough. Uh, accommodate. Uh, sounds like it could be spelled with three O's. O, uh, uh, oh, O, co- O, accommodate. Uh, or maybe a U, but there's no U's in the first letters, an A. Now, this is a word I'd get this, like a consonant and the vowel mixed up on and uh, but it's also something one of my siblings I consider it as hobby is a vacuum v a c u u m i think i would probably be tempted to do a v a c c u m uh but it's vacuum is of a double c it's got a rare w other words continuum and moo moo m u u m u u oh yeah moo moo okay Continuum also is C O N T I N U U M, U U M. I love saying. There's something we already found. We could love very sleepy U U M, U U M. That could be a character somewhere. Old U U M. It could be E U E U, not E U E U. I mean, like E-U-E-U. Well, isn't there an emu? An emu named E U, or an emu named uh, U U. UUM. I'm an emu. And uh, from Inu, named UUM. And that word comes from vacus, which means empty, which also is W in Latin. And you know what I like to do? Uh, you know, if I was going to vacuum and uh, enjoy it, maybe I'd like to uh, use not only use the accessory on the vacuum, but maybe wear a few accessories because accessory is another word that's supposedly hard to spell a c c e s s o r y now that one I might have a, a dyslexic advantage because there's double double consonants which is a kind of a, like again that has the accessory has a certain length and and uh like it's almost like when you see one of those pictures and and uh they're like what's different in this picture and the other picture and uh I say okay. Like uh like accessories missing something. Uh, and unlike accommodate, where the double C makes a single K sound, accessory the first C makes a K sound, and the second C makes an a- S sound. Accessory, X Ex- ac- accessory. So it's accessory. I'm learning stuff. Uh, throwing a double S and it's a real challenge. Now there's a lot of uh, you know when it comes to uh, UK-based uh, uh, espionage, there's a lot of broccoli. But you know who loves broccoli in this house? My dog, Koa. If you're new to the show or you just want a cute reminder, uh, Koa, my dog, loves broccoli. Uh, she loves it like—I've uh, never done a test because I don't think it would be nice for her to choose between a bis- like a dog biscuit or a dog treat and broccoli— Just because she loves broccoli so much, I just, now, does she get broccoli every day? No. That's one of those things that's been on my to-do list for 20 or 30 years is to have broccoli every day. Never hit that, but, you know, twice a week is pretty good. Inko also likes broccoli stems. She's big into cruciferous vegetables. I don't know how much cauliflower I've given her. But you know if you're uh, breaking kale down, she'll eat the kale stems or she'll have kale. I think broccoli is her preferred thing cooked broccoli, a little bit easier to consume, a little bit less uh, what do you gaserific or something. I don't know if that's gonna be on the spelling word. Oh but broccoli, how do you spell it for the love of Barbara broccoli uh, it's b r o c c o l i and uh, it's uh, from the Italian. It features a double C to make a K sound, and you, want, you might want a Y or an EE to make that Lee sound, but it's just an L-I. And that one's uh, not quite as hard for me, I guess, but I probably, I don't know, I haven't spelled it in a while. Speaking of vegetables and foods, zucchini's up next, Z-U-C-C-H-I-N-I. And here's something I learned the hard way. I like zucchini, um, I like, but I over... This was before the podcast, but I over uh, cooked like, I, I, I burned my daughter out of bro- or zucchini. Because, I you know, especially, like, now, in the East Coast, like, zucchini, you know, summer zucchini, summer squashes. You can get bigger, and you cut them up, and you can grill them or fry them or bake them. In the West Coast, I found, especially in the supermarket, you get more, like, uh hot dog-sized zucchini, but you can cut them into medallions and fry them. They don't have, when you fry them, like a little flash fry, uh, they tend to have a little bit of a tannic, uh, bitter flavor that I don't necessarily associate with my childhood, which was that clean, watery flavor of a zucchini. And I think that was what did it for my daughter, is like that bitterness, which I could still overcome because uh, if you get the right al dente zucchini cook, it has a wonderful mouthfeel that is it its own reward. Because uh, you say, how could this be so watery? It's like a watermelon almost. And uh, it's also a word that apparently is from Italian and hard to spell. It's got an I to make an EE sound, a double C to make a K sound. And, oh, in, in UK, which comes from France, cour, courgette, 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 uh, courgette. Uh, Thank you for writing that out for me. See, that, that spelled like cougar, though. C O U R G E T T E, courgette. courgette. Uh, never knew how to pronounce that till today. I'm not even sure. How about spaghetti while we're talking about stuff? Uh, I think I should be able to reliably spell that one again as a sight word. S P A G, maybe not though. That S P A G H E T T I can probably get. Uh, that's an Italian or origins uh, letter I at the end of a word. In Italian, indicates that's plural. Single of spaghetti is spaghetto. Silent H could throw you off. Uh, yeah. I'm more worried about the sp- spag. I guess because I don't say spaghetti. Spa. Oh, because it's a, that's another way to pronounce a. Apparently, that I probably should have learned in second grade. Uh, someone laughed not that long ago when I told them I threw. I actually do throw spaghetti against the wall, to see if it's done. And uh, but uh, I don't eat a lot of pasta. Uh, and I mean, nowadays, most of the pasta I'm eating is uh, like a whole grain or quinoa or brown rice pasta, which I should probably eat some more of because uh, my daughter likes it too. Uh, embarrass. Now, this one, I guess at first glance would be easy, but it's not. E-M-B-A-R-R-A-S-S. Don't embarrass. I didn't realize there was an, I'm not kidding, uh, I mean, I, I knew it, probably knew it, but that there's an ass instead of embarrass, uh, it's like, uh, for me, you could say anytime i go anywhere, I'm embarking on being asinine, uh, so I do put, you know, what comes first, embarking, we, I mean, uh, like, uh, I'm at home, I'm, you know, I'm, but, uh, then when I leave home, I'm embarrassed, you know, I'm embarrassing myself, uh. Embarrassing myself. What's that? Uh, that Embarrassing myself. Uh, um, I don't know what that accent is. It just popped up in my brain. But it's E-M-B-A-R-R-A-S-S. Did I already say that? I may have embarrassed myself again. Uh, one thing that might help you is the ending. It sounds like us, uh, but it's spelled well. Ass. Uh, uh, the double R and the double S. Uh, yes. Yeah, bar. Ass, uh, it's adopted from the Portuguese embarcar, Embaracar, m, em, m, em, baracar, yeah, via French, embarras, embar, sir, uh, bourbon. Uh, I know how to spell that, even though it wasn't my thing, but now when I see it. I mean, there's a lot of fake, like, uh, imitation bourbon or whatever in, like, uh, or bourbon flavoring now and stuff, like ice cream and stuff. Uh, B-O-U-R-B-O-N, bourbon. That's a French word. Speaking of French, charcuterie, right? Charcuterie. That's a C H A R C U T E R I E or char... Cut Erie, if you're big, you know if you've been in Lake Erie or uh, the Erie Canal. That's what I'm familiar with. Uh, charcuterie, charcuterie. The French have a different sy- sy- system of spelling, which can make it confusing. In French, the letters C H A R pronounced sha char- 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 here. I don't know what that means. Char 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 char, shahar shahar, shahar cutery shahar I think I just got it right. Shahar cutery, uh, cooked process. You know, this is like a, like cheese cheese and st- like the uh, charcuterie. Char, shahar would be the uh, meats with a, on a meat plate. I think meat and cheese plate. I accidentally got one of those one time when I was ordering lunch somewhere, and they gave me the charcuterie. Char- they gave me that thing, and I said, I didn't order this. And they said, Yeah, you did. And I said, But I didn't pay for it. And they said, It's on your order. Not like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that never happens to me, but it didn't happen to me in this case. But I think that would be pretty sly, especially for someone sober like me, if I was like to, uh, Send a cheese plate to someone. What if, but they like? I don't eat dairy. That's what happened to me. I don't eat meat or dairy. Thank you. And they said, "Well, I was going to send you a drink, but I know we both don't drink, so uh, you see Yeah, But I also don't eat dairy or meat or cheese or uh, also your breath. Then you even if it went well, they'd say your breath smells like salami and uh, you know. <laughs> like whatever charcuterie breath is not romantic there's like there's a piece of wisdom that's probably the biggest piece of wisdom you'll ever get uh, uh charcuterie is not um i think i went on a date this was before i got sober too and uh it was i think it was the second date when i was like okay where is this going and like i hadn't even like i was like uh, the person that let me know they, she, she was like, oh, let's go on another date. Uh, cause I was like, I don't know how, how that went. Uh, uh, wonderful person. Like, uh, but, but it was like, uh, I was like, I don't know how that went. And then they said, Hey, are we going to go out again? And I said, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, uh, um, it was someone I found it was one of those times where you're like, somebody's cool and attract, you're attracted to them, but there wasn't a connection probably cause I was still out there exploring my, uh, was imp- I was not boyfriend material uh we'll say but this is probably another example of that is like this was a we stopped at some place to get uh just a drink cuz we were hiking or something and after the hike I got a kombucha another word hard to spell probably uh, yeah let's look that up cuz i have no idea how to spell it and uh there's another f- beverage never like the only thing worse would be if you had a kombucha with uh charcuterie and a cheese plate, and then ha- like that was, wh- and then you had hot dogs or something. If I if I could get this stuff imprinted in my brain to remember, uh, uh, kombuchas, kombucha is K O M B U C H A. Stuff never to drink or eat on dates, uh, or you know you're married when, uh, but probably don't have those when you're like you can have those when you're married. But not on date night or like uh, anything within three hours of when you think there's going to be love in the air. I mean, my advice from somebody that uh, his 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 advice is, uh, well, I know, yeah, no, I'm an expert at making these mistakes, just so you don't have to make them. Some people would say I'm an entrepreneur in bad decision making, and that's E N. T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. I knew this was French uh, because of the entrepreneur. It starts with an A sound. You may think it includes an A, but that's not the case. Uh, that one, I, I, I definitely can't spell because it's just, uh, the, I think the e, E-U-R at the end, entre, pre, newer, I'd have, yeah, I can't separate that out for some reason. Like, I can do it while I'm looking at it and we're talking about it, but then when I close my eyes, can't do it. Uh, Liaison. I need a spelling liaison. Uh, L-I-A-I-S-O-N. O-N. This is fun. Uh, I didn't realize, I can't believe it took us, whatever, a thousand and almost 1,100 episodes to do this. Uh, Thank you, Uh, Liaison is L-I-A-I-S-O-N, another French word. You may be tempted to spell it phonetically, liaison. But much like the I at the end of Italian words, uh, the I in French can make the e sound. Remember, liaison has two I's. That makes sense. Because if you're having a, like, seriously, that's, uh, they, they, you know, dictionary.com, you could hire me for these quips. Probably price you out but uh you need two eyes uh, to have a liaison in more than like cuz like even or four eyes but you need two eyes in quotes but two eyes would help start a liaison cuz oh boy there's a liaison I'd like to have or when I see a spelling I say could use a spelling liaison my two eyes aren't going to cut it so I need uh then I need another metaphor to spell liaison, but I know I see liaison... or oh, you just say I see liaison with two eyes. Uh, that's easy. Yeah, so we could just change that to uh, you need two eyes to see liaison. Connecticut is on here, C O N N E C T I C U T. I can see that's hard to spell. Uh, connect, connect, I cut. Uh, is how it's spelled. Uh, uh, it comes from the Mohegan Pequot language and means upon the Long River. C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-C-U-T. It goes right into Massachusetts. M-A-S-S-A-C-H-U-S-E-T-T-S. Uh, that's onquin Al- aqu- 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 that's from Algonquin uh, at the large Hill. Here's a, this one's challenging for everybody or for a lot of people, and a lot of times people get made fun of because they pronounce this the wrong way. Epitome or epitome, right? Uh, and I've said it I've sure I'm sure I said epitome on the podcast before because it doesn't I mean that's a epitome. And when I say epitome, I, that's what I feel like inside, epitome, or please pity me. No, I don't want pity, though. I just say, I feel like I'm epitome. That's where I feel like I am. Uh, E-P-I-T-O-M-E. That's from the Greek, epitome, uh, E-I-H. How do you say that? me. Um, one reason is similar to Italian. All the vowels from Greek words are pronounced. No silent E's here. Epitome. 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 Uh, indict, Uh, yeah, you'll indict my spelling. Indict, uh, that, I don't, I-N-D-I-C-T. I I guess because it doesn't have, you don't pronounce the letter C in this word. Really? Oh, dict, uh. I guess it depends on how you pronounce your C's. It's related to dictate. D-I-C-E. Did I say I N D I C T? D I C T A. D I C T A T E is dictate. Oh boy, we're getting into some good ones here. NAW. NAW has a G. G N A W. We've seen T H in silent C. NAW. I love that word. That sounds uh, NAW. Uh, gnaw. It just sounds good to say. And it depends on what you're gnaw on. Uh, but if, if it's a metaphorical or figurative word, it's like, yeah, I got a gnaw on that or, you know, I don't know, phlegm. Holy, what a gorgeous word. Gorgeous word, uh, in my opinion. Uh, P-H-L-E-G-M, phlegm. Flem, It sounds lovely to say, lovely to look at. If I could have an affair with a word uh, non-figuratively, you say, no, 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 no meaning. It's going to be a meaningless romance because I don't want the meaning behind you. It would be phlegm. I would choose, to, I choose to love phlegm, but not real, not the word phlegm. I'm in love with the word phlegm. I'll tell you. Like it's a meaningless affair. Please, uh, but I lo- I'm in love with you, phlegm. Phlegm, I love you. Uh, because, I don't know, just looking at you. P-H-L-E-G-M, phlegm. Uh, silent Gs do not only appear at the beginning words, they can show up in the endings as well. Uh, phlegm, F-L-E-M is how it's said. It uses the letters PH to make an F-f sound. And comes from the Greek uh, phlegm and phone. But yeah, I'm in love. I'm, I'm having a meaningless romance with Phlegm. Paradigm. I shifted the paradigm. I said, "You uh, said, can you do that?" Uh, I said, "In in my mind, I can do it." Uh, but I mean, don't ask any more questions than that. I just meant uh, be in love with Phlegm and have loving like a like a meaningless uh, like a. I have a longing for phlegm. Let's just say that, but not a meaningless longing. for. I have a, I have a meaningless longing for phlegm. Par, so I shifted the paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M. So don't spell it dime, even though it's said dime. It's a D-I-G-M from the Greek, uh, paradema, maybe D-E-I-G-M-A. Uh, Island. Uh, this letter S is silent. Uh, I S L A N D. It's from Isle. I S L E. You know what's going to get you is. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. But it could have just been Gloria Estefan, which we should look up right now. Gloria is G L O R I A but Estefan uh, is E-S-T-E-F-A-N. I'm surprised. Like, uh, like, uh, people, like, that's a pretty cool name to have if you have fans, uh, because you'd say, uh, uh, or you could say, because Este is this, is a masculine this, right? And, uh, I wonder what famosa uh, I don't know what fan is, but, uh, you could say I'm a fan of, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, this fan of Gloria Estefan, but is correct pronunciation. Uh, but the rhythm would get you tonight uh, is R-H-Y-T-H-M. Is two H's, one is silent, and the other is using a diphthong, T-H. It sounds like it should have a U. Oh, it doesn't have a U. Oh, interesting. Rhythm. But it doesn't, uh... Comes from the Greek rhythmos, uh, uh, but I mean I, I think let's see if we can figure out a way to help us spell this one. Rhythm, it's six letters. Uh, G L O R I A has seven letters, so that doesn't help us. Uh, Stefan has seven letters. Uh, rhythm, one less letter than the letters in either part. G L O R I A is that? I don't know. Now, G L O R I A. That's six, dude. Oh, thanks. Uh, sorry, my, I was counting on my fingers, and I did it wrong. There's thirty-five minutes. This is like uh, this could be like uh, one of the loosest episodes we've ever done. So, Gloria and Rhythm have the same. I don't know if that'll be helpful. Um, there's a song, G-L-O-R-I-A, that used to, I don't know, like, uh, there's also another song about Gloria, because I had a crush on a teacher named Gloria, kind of, when I was a little kid, prepubescence, uh, so, and because she was also just nice to me. Wednesday, this is, this is a tough one, I never get this one, Wednesday. Wednesday, W-E-D, NESDAY day. okay, because I always think I mix up the E and the N. Woden's Day, the Old English, uh, keeping Woden or Odin in mind is a good way to remember those pesky, the pesky D. wed d. day that's how I, I mean, I don't know how I'll remember it. Eight is a homophone uh, of the past participle of eat. Eight, uh, E I G H T. But that's not the only thing confusing. I G H T is normally for bright and tight. uh, But uh, it's got that eight. uh, How about uh, acquiesce? uh, That's another word uh, with some letters. Uh, Acquiesce, A-C-Q-U-I-E-S-C-E. Let's see what else. Conscious, conscience. I'm trying to get through this list. I thought it only had 20 words, but it seems like it has more. It said 30. Maybe it said 33, but uh, conscience, uh, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, grateful, G-R-A-T-E. Full, grateful. So just that one's easy. Go back to charcuterie, charcuterie. Uh, when I grate my cheese, I'm, gra- I'm grateful. I won't be kissing anyone when I'm grating this hard cheese. I'm grateful. Yeah, so there. That's how I could find my gratitude for being. See, I'm grateful. Separate uh, is uh, separate, uh, S-E-P-A-R-A-T-E. The second vowel sound is spelled with an A and not a U or an E, even though it does sound like that sometimes. And then finally, their last word is lightning. L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-G. L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-G. The unusual combination of TN may throw you off. However, adding an E would make it lightening, which uh, is a different word to lighten, you know. Okay, so that's that, those words there. Let's, I got tons of research, so let's see what we, else we can get through here. Okay, this one is uh, from StaffordHouse.com, Stafford House International Blog, Alex Levantis, uh, May 16, 2020. Ten common English words with weird spellings. Uh, this is a tough one. This is a good one, thorough. T H R or through? Oh no, that's through. Through maybe I don't know. Through, yeah. T H R T H rough uh, T H R O U G H. uh, Can be an adjective. uh, The hallway ran through the room, or preposition. The printer is through the blue door. But when you look at the phonetics, uh, through or throw, it could be, but it's through. In the U.S., some people spell it T H R U, and I mispronounce it thorough. But uh, I say if you could, if you know who the new kids on the block are, you would uh, say uh, the rough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I thought of new kids on the block because it's the right stuff, baby. They sing. Why do you think of thorough? Oh, rough. They, I think they say something. Maybe it's just the right stuff, so I have no idea what I'm talking I've totally... Well, it's funny. Okay, these are good ones. Q. That's a hard one. Like, you might think it's K-E-W, which is an area in London, but how do you say it? Like, spelled? Q-U-E-U-E. I mean, that's important for theme parks because you got to get in line. They call it a Q. You're queuing up or you're in a queue. Q-U, wait, Q-U-E-U-E, Q, occurred, uh, O-C-C-U-R-R-E-D, uh, mortgage, uh, M-O-R-T, gauge. Uh, that's a sight word, I think. I see it so many times. Mort gauge. Uh, so just think of someone named Mort gauging your interest rate. Mortgage. Jeopardy. G, these, again, are sight words in the U.S., I guess. Uh, G-E-O-P-A-R-D-Y. I lost, you know, they just think of uh, Weird Al. I lost on Jeopardy, baby. Uh, Colonel, C-O-L-O-N-E-L. I guess, again, in the U.S., we see that like in advertisements, but uh, Colonel definitely doesn't sound like K-E-R-N-E-L. Need is a tricky one. K N E A D. is a homophone uh, uh, as with need, N E E D. Um, like C and C, P and P, night and night, sure and sure, sure and sure, depending on pronunciation. Indict. Uh, did we do that one? I N D I C T. Yeah, we did. Handkerchief, that's a good one. Or handkerchief. uh, Hand, wow, this is a tough one. Handkerchief. uh, So I guess I want you have to think of, uh, if if your sneeze is a kerchief, uh, then you say, I'm going to hand you a kerchief for your sneeze. Uh, uh, H-A-N-D-K-E-R-C-H-I-E-F. Handkerchief. Silent D. Handkerchief, uh, handkerchief, uh, so they say, who's got that sound? So that's from Stafford House. That's good. Okay, this one is from readersdigest.com, rd.com, Megan Jones, January 20th, 2022. Uh, dilate, there's a good one. Only six letters, D-I-L-A-T-E. People, uh dialate, huh dial, uh, 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 I don't know, dialate. Uh, oh, here's a beautiful, this is a word uh, not quite as gorgeous as that other word I fell in love with, uh, which is whose name I for, for, forgot, uh, and it was a word that stood for something you wouldn't want to be, like gaseous, but it wasn't gaseous, uh, this is liquefy, Not quite as gorgeous as that other word that I had uh, yearned for so much, so so mindlessly that uh, liquefy, L-I-Q-U-E-F-Y, liquefy. Last three letters uh, throw people off, E-F-Y, because it sounds like pacify, clarify, specify, rectify. But no, it's L-I-Q-U-E-F-Y. Meaning to become liquid. Wednesday we get sherbert. Here's another one we haven't gotten yet. Sherbert. H S A. Sorry, I mispronounced it or misspelled it. Uh, S H E R B E T. Sherbet. Sherbert. 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 Sometimes I say, sherbert. uh, So that's hard to say because it's it's an American Americanization of sorbet. Sherbert, uh, uh, let's see, both come from the Turkish word serbe, s e r b e t. Um, and as you can read a lot more, but sherbert uh, is how people t- pronounce it in the U in different regions of the U.S. Sherbert, yeah, sherbert is how they said it in Syracuse, sherbert, sherbet, uh bologna you know what they say about me a lot of times it's bologna b-o-l-o-g-n-a i think that it, it, for like 20 or 30 years in the u.s uh, people would spell out uh, that word uh so in the u.s uh but it's from bologna right bologna is how you say it, the place in italy i don't think i've had any like that was one of the things i never ate though i know it's popular uh it's like, that's very similar to some other things where I could taste other ingredients in there or something. Playwrights on here. Used to go to this bar called The Playwright to drink when I was, uh, not all the time, but, uh, especially if I was meeting people from out of town. I think it closed, too. It's called The Playwright. Uh, Playwright is P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T. playwright uh. It's uh, in the 1660s, people of Brutus' plays were, were workers who wrought plays. W R O U G H T. That's a nice word. wroughts, Holy cow. Rather than the people that wrote them. So if you wrought something, you were considered a right. This is beautiful stuff. This is this is what I, this is what I love. This uh, so if you wrought something w r o u g h t you were considered a right w r i g h t. What if you wrought uh, like you know that thing that's not Casper but there's another another word for it a white and I think that's a g h. Like what if you wrought uh you write you you rot right, a right 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 so you're right right white uh, right, right uh that's a d and, that's a character in d dnd d. uh and also right w r i g h t is another homophone for uh right w r i t e fuchsia oh boy holy mackerel, that's a good looking word uh uh fuchsia Fuchsia, man, that's beautiful. This is beautiful. this beautiful? That's a beautiful color. Beautiful word, fuchsia. Just lovely to say too, fuchsia. What was the word though that I was in love with? I can't believe it was like ten minutes ago. Was it polyglot? P o l y g l o t. No, I guess not. Uh, but I guess I've gone polyglot on my word romances. Uh, I really wish you, I'll, I'll look it up. Minuscule. Wow. Did I spell fuchsia? F f-u-c-h, U C H S I A. Minuscule. There's another man. I'm not trying to be. too, like, uh, but minuscule is nice too. M I N U S C U L E. It comes from Latin minus uh, or minus, uh, meaning less. Uh, uh, but it bears no linguistic re- relation to mini or miniature. Minuscule. It's not miniscule, no matter how much logic would suggest. Oh, they have the actual F U C H. Huh. Oh, they have the misspelling and the correct minuscule. Oh, there's a U where people would put an I. Okay. Okay, ingenious. Uh, it has an O, so you, in- ingenious, but add an O. Because if you're around a genius, you're probably saying, oh, you're a genius, eh? There you go. I-N-G-E-N-I-O-U-S. It's uh, so similar in sound and meaning that people, uh, and I guess it is hard if you're looking at it and you're dyslexia, you say ingenious. uh, Ingenious. uh, But I think maybe that's sacrilegious. My spelling has been considered sacrilegious no chance in planet Earth that I'd ever spell this word right I wouldn't even get the incorrect spelling but it's uh, S-A-C-R-I-L E-G-I-O-U-S uh, oh because people put sacrilegious uh, which totally makes sense uh, but it comes from sacrilege not religious uh, oh beautiful beautiful writing uh, Reader's Digest I like this uh, Uh, It came from Latin of sacred and legere. Accommodate. Put extra C up in there. Because, you know, extra comfort. Accommodate. Extra comfort. A-C-C-O-M-M. Odate. Accommodate. We did that one already, though. Oh, boy. Here's another good one. orangutan, orangutan. Uh, orangutan. Beautiful. That's another one. Bornean primates. Uh, it's uh, uh, from Malay. Uh, orang, orang for man, or forest. Uh, but it has been anglicized. Uh, orangutan. Oh, Hutan for forest. Uh, Orang for man and Hutan for forest. I just want to thank all you for allowing me to be so mischievous uh, and keep you company. Mischievous. Uh, so, this one, it, I, no chance of me smelling this one either. M-I-S-C-H-I-E-V-O-U-S. Uh, makes me think of sous vide for some reason. Have you pronounced this word mischievous a uh, whole bit? Uh, even maybe you pronounce it that way. It's correct, incorrect. It's mischievous, uh, chivos, uh or something. I don't know, mischief. Uh, but that's our gubernatorial. So people usually do it with governor. But I say goober anyway. So guberant, guberator, Goober, I can't even say it, G-U-B-E-R-N-A-T-O-R-I-N, no, that's not correct, uh, G-U-B-E, I was reading it off the thing, I'm miscorrect, like, uh, G-U-B-E-R-N-A-T-O-R-I-A-L. So the word governor, but no U-B or T in it, uh, so where do we get this wacky thing, uh, it's uh, closer to governor than the uh, origin of the word. Uh, uh, both words come from Latin gubernator or governor. Acquiesce? I think we did acquiesce. Let's spell it one more time. Is that like I'd acquiesce? Uh, A C Q U I E S C E. I wish I was more conscientious uh, about the words I fall in love with. Uh, C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-T-I-O-U-S. Maybe I could even put it together, some paraphernalia to give as a gift. Uh, P-A-R-A-P-H-E-R-N-A-L-I-A, paraphernalia. Sounds like the end of a, like a, like a come on line for words, paraphernalia. Uh, sorry, it's uh Ana, amanama, anamam, o n o m a t o p o e i a o n o m a t o p o e i a. It's a technique where a word mimics a sound, like in a comic book, uh, or when Antonio Banderas is on the show and he says, uh, "I think." Uh, between eight vowels and the fact you only need half the letters to make the pia sound. Uh, I'm going to onomatopoeia. You know, my, so let me just, uh, that's everything. I do want to apologize. I guess I got to make an apology to one word, uh, which I'll, I, I'll, I've i embarrassed myself as an entrepreneur. Charcuterie? No, that's not who I was in love with, though, was it? Uh it was not epitome. It's gnawing at me. Oh, phlegm. I'm sorry, phlegm. It was gnawing at me, though, Flem, that I uh, couldn't uh, remember you. But it's because you—I mean, just your meaning is so contradictory to your like the way you sound and look. Uh, so I'm sorry I forgot you, Flem. I'm sure I won't. I'm sure I'll be paid back with extra Phlegm soon. But thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for letting me make an experimental episode. I think this went pretty well. So maybe we'll do more spelling soon. Uh, thanks and good night.